is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. Carrie. What's up? And because the people demanded it, making <laughs> his long-awaited return in the top right box on your YouTube. <laughs> and sitting, sitting right in the top right section of your heart if you're listening on podcast services. <laughs> <laughs> Terrence is back, everybody. Terrence, what's going on? Uh, not much. Felt like I needed to have my presence felt. Wow! After half a year, yes, it's been a it's been a very long. <laughs> it's time. been a while. Yeah, it's been a it's very, been a while. It's seven months. Have you played anything fun in seven months? <laughs> what haven't I played? <laughs> what haven't you played? <laughs> played everything. Um, just start running them. The thing is, I don't buy expensive games because I'm poor. Um, so what I do is like I allocate like sixty bucks every couple weeks to see what's cheap. Mm-hmm. And then I'll and I'll just take it from there. I bought a bunch of games. Uh last week, in fact, I bought Blasphemous, the the side scrolling whatever you want, Metroidvania. Crit, uh uh Catholicvania, we can call it. Yeah, that's a story. <laughs> Super fucked up. It's fucked up. It's a good game. I, I finished it uh the other day. I'm on my second run through because you can only do certain things on your second playthrough. Uh picked up a game called Um Going Under. Mm-hmm. It's a roguelike uh, where you play a, uh, what do they call them? Uh, um, Jesus Christ. You play somebody, what the hell do they call it? Uh, uh, intern at a startup, at like a tech startup. And they send you into dungeons to defeat monsters from old tech startups that have failed. Mm-hmm. And there's three dungeons you got to go through. It's fun. Like the story is more, it's kind of more important than the actual gameplay. Uh, it's a fun game. Um, so it's the Google story. Yes. <laughs> Are you play, you play intern for this game called um, Fizzle? It's a it's a supplement drink. It, it's supposed to take over breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You just drink your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and you have all these uh, this cast of characters you talk to before you go down to the into the dungeons to to defeat the bosses of these old tech startups. It's fun. Uh, played Virtual Fighter Five. Uh, they added Ryu and Chun Li to. Uh, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. I heard that those two characters were just I mean, why even why even <laughs> play it there? Why even have rules? No, no, why even have rules for Chun Li? Because that bitch is broken. <laughs> <laughs> like she's, she's she's she literally breaks the rules of the game. Uh Ryu, on the other hand, his he he's not very good by himself. Like if you don't have a team surrounding him that that helps him get in, he's gonna get blown up. But the thing about him is, if he touches you, he will kill you. Uh, Doesn't matter which character you're fight, you're fighting with him, he will kill you. <laughs> if you don't drop your combo, he will kill any character in the game. Each each character has their own health pool. Mm-hmm. The most amount of health that you can have is eleven hundred. He can do a twelve hundred hit uh, twelve hundred point combo by himself Jesus. with no with no meter with no assist. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Chun Li, on the other hand, she yeah, she just breaks the rules of the game, and it's it's obnoxious fighting fighting her. I, I hate her, um, <laughs> but she's fun to play. Um, what else have I played? Um, I played a game and a half of uh, Mass Effect. Halfway through Mass Effect Two, I've beaten all three games before, mm-hmm. but just playing through them uh, simultaneously, like side by side, it really makes you appreciate how much how big of a difference mm-hmm. one to two. <laughs> 
I got, <laughs> Yo, I, got, I, got some, like, I love the story of one. I love everything you do in one, but the combat is just garbage. <laughs> like it's terrible. I got it's some not, it's not really hot good. takes on the episode today, so we'll see. Uh, I haven't gotten a three yet. I don't remember how three plays that well, but I, I do remember it being better than two. Um, yeah. What else about? I don't. I don't even know. <laughs> what a couple more fucking VR games. It's it's just so much. I can't. But yeah, and Virtual Fighter Five is fun. Like I, I was a huge Virtual Fighter player back in the day. Um, the servers for for VF Five are good, mm-hmm. uh, but it doesn't have rollback netcode. It has um, has delay based netcode, and what they do is they they rented out Google Relay servers. Mm-hmm. So what happens is when you get team when you get partnered up with somebody when you're fighting them, it'll connect to a server, and now these servers are all over the world. But the problem with that is, say I'm fighting someone in Europe, like that connection can sometimes be slightly good, sometimes it could be bad if it's peer to peer. But what happens is if it's since it's a server based, like say I'm playing in Baltimore, and the server that we connect to is in like France, and they're in Europe. If they connect to that French server, their connection is great. Mine is trash. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not it's not equal. Mm-hmm. So I can tell when I have a terrible server and they have a really good server because they're just pulling off combos. I can't block anything. There's literally <laughs> a, like a 30 frame uh, delay between when I pr- it's bad. Like I'm, when I say bad. it's bad, that's a half a second because <laughs> it's, it's it runs at 60 frames per second. So when I press a button and it does and nothing comes out for 30 seconds, I can't do shit. So most of the time, if I'm if I know it's that bad, I'll just put the controller down because there's no point in, <laughs> in even fighting. But then again, if I'm say it's a server in Virginia and I'm in and I'm in Maryland, I have a great server. And if they're in Europe, there's there's trash. And I can tell because they can't stop anything that I'm doing. You can't, so it's kind of uh, fucked up. You can't prioritize just fighting local. opponents. No, you know, you, you, you can choose best, but mm-hmm. the matchmaking is not that great right mm-hmm. now. Like they have to fix it. So you can like, I'm like 50% win loss. And a lot of those losses are because it's just nothing I can do against. I know I'm not good. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not that great, but I'm not that bad where I can get perfected three times because I couldn't do anything. <laughs> um, so they got to fix that. But other than that, it's, it's virtual fighter with um, using a dragon engine that the Yakuza games um, use. And it looks really good. Excellent. And it's a great game. And, and the fact that that game is very, um, it's heavily based on like timing and like reaction. <laughs> if you can't react <laughs> yeah. to something that someone's doing because it's a 30 frame delay, the fuck <laughs> is the point? I'm not, I'm not exaggerating when I say, Oh, I believe frames. it. I've heard, I've heard, uh, I've seen, uh, I've seen YouTube clips of people explaining just what you said. Right. Like, it's, <laughs> and it's, it's really like, bad. I mean, any, <laughs> any game, any game, if you're forced to suffer, like literally a half second delay in your input is going to be pretty bad. It's going to be, yeah. you know, 10 times that for a fighting game. Virtual fighter. Input, so. Because like the crouching punch is like the go-to in that game. And you have, if you block it, they, there's a negative five frame advantage against them. And there's mm-hmm. always a move that you can use to negate them from complete continuous to continuously doing that. But if you have a 30 frame disadvantage, you can't stop them from just punching you in your kneecaps till you die. <laughs> it's fucking annoying. Um, but uh, over besides that, like when you have a good connection with someone else that has a good connection, the matches are great. But uh, yeah, they, they, they got to fix that. But I love the game. I almost de- I almost deleted it from my hard drive. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like, it got to a point where I just couldn't. 
I couldn't deal with it. I'm like, yo, this is getting on my fucking nerves. You know, I can't. Ter- Terrence has like, the I'm not best, that bad. Uh, has the best like back of the box quotes that we could ever like imagine. Like, I love the game. <laughs> I almost deleted it from my hard drive. Terrence, Dead Pixels podcast. Yeah, it's, it's annoying. <laughs> Yeah, oh so there's, like there's uh, there's a ton of other games to play, but I'm not. It's, it's too many to name. Uh, Carrie, what what new do you have to tell us about uh, Shin Megami Tensei Three Nocturne featuring Dante from the Devil Cry series <laughs> HD Remaster? I played that Monster back Hunter. in the day because Dante was in that game. That's that's I mean <laughs> that's how they got you back yeah, in the day. You're absolutely correct. They were like, yo, these dumb Americans don't know what Shin Megami Tensei is, but they do know who Dante is. But like you said last week, it was Devil May Cry 2 Dante, and fuck that game. Yeah, it is DMC 2 Dante. Um, I've never bought another thing from M- um, from eBay because of that game. <laughs> That's right. That's a true story. Ter- Terrence should just stop playing like number two sequels, essentially. You, se- you seem to have yeah. a bad, uh, bad experience with this. Um, but yeah, so, uh, Nocturne is, uh, I'm chugging along. It's, it's interesting. Like, I don't know if the game has gotten easier or if I have just gotten smarter. I feel like I've become smarter in the last 14 years. <laughs> One hopes. I have a very expensive piece of paper that says that I'm very smart. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've I've somehow only party wiped twice, and I'm like starting to get into the back half of the story. So that's that's fun. I feel like a lot of it is just me like over preparing for mm-hmm. bosses that I know are ahead. So I'll I'll do a little bit of grinding, and then like I'll beat a boss in three minutes. I'm just like, oh, maybe I was over leveled for that. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean it's it's fun. It's like it's already on sale because of course it is. So uh, the price is price was down to I think forty dollars last I checked. So if you're interested, I would say it's worth forty bucks. I thought fifty was pushing it. I of course paid seventy because I'm an idiot. <laughs> like I said, that would have been worth the extra ten if you had uh, if they had actually touched up the the cutscenes a little bit, right? Yeah, maybe if they had up-res the cutscenes from 480i and maybe uncompressed that PlayStation 2 era music, that would have been great. They didn't do either of those things. Since I'm playing on PC, I at least have the hope of someone eventually modding that stuff, Mm -hmm. though. So we'll see what happens. Um, Also, yeah, the new Monster Hunter Rise update came out, I guess, like two weeks ago now. But I wasn't on last week's show, so I'll talk about it now. <laughs> uh, it's good. It it sort of wraps up the story. You have your big final short story boss, which is Narwa, the All-Mother. And boy, howdy, she's a bitch. That's the hardest fight in the game by far. Uh, yeah, she's she's rough. She basically has this move where she turns the whole battlefield into like a blender and she sucks you into the center of it. And um Good luck. Good, like, good luck with this, that. This was free DLC, right? Yes. Every okay. All of the updates coming to Monster Hunter Rise are free DLC. Like, every time they add new monsters and whatnot, mm-hmm. all of the monsters and extra quests and whatnot, historically, that's always been free. The only stuff that you have to pay for is, like, layered armor and goofy little accessories for your palico and... 
different hairstyles, like purely cosmetic stuff and like maybe different background music because you can change the background music in the game. But mm-hmm. that's it. That's all they're like doing microtransaction style DLC for. Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah. So uh, Valstrax was the other big Elder Dragon that they updated. And yeah, do you, do you want to try punching a fighter jet? Because that's what that is. <laughs> So that's What's fun. the name of the monster? Valstrax. I thought you said Valtrax. I'm sorry. I'm about to say it's, it's, it sounds like a, uh, <laughs> I was like, it sounds what? like groin medication of some kind. Uh, so. Yeah. That's a, yeah. yeah, Valstrax. Crimson okay. Glow Valstrax. Uh, well, you might have a. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk If you're about, dealing uh, with Crimson Glow Valstrax, you might have erectile dysfunction. <laughs> so we'll talk about Mass Effect in a second. But before we do that, I have to talk about. Uh, Griftlands, which was a game that I've been looking forward to uh, from Clay, who were the same folks that did Don't Starve and a few other games. And they did the Ninja game. I yeah, I think they did as well. I don't remember what it was called, but I I know what you are what you are talking about. Um, this is nothing like Don't Starve. So basically, the like I said, the five second elevator pitch for this game is: What if Slay the Spire was an RPG? Because that's kind of what this is, where it is a deck building roguelike game where you are going on runs. Uh, There's three different characters. Each character has a unique deck of cards. Uh, They have unique abilities uh, that work to them, and they all have their own, like, unique story in the game as well that you try to run through. Um, And you have each character has two decks. You have a battle deck for when you get into actual scraps with people, but you also have a negotiation deck because you also battle all of your arguments with people in this deck-building style of game where basically as you fight someone, they have a, you each have like a core argument that you're making. And then you have all these like sub arguments that will pop up around them that do they're basically, it's basically like a regular fight, but it's just kind of interesting how they sort of frame it. And because it's like an RPG, you get to often choose how you handle every situation. So there's some cases where like you have a choice, whether you want to fight somebody or negotiate with them. And depending on what you choose and how you do, those will have like long ranging effects. And there's like a relationship system in the game where every character is either going to be indifferent to you or they may like or dislike you, which means that usually if they're like a shopkeeper, they'll give you a discount or they'll charge you more for stuff in their store. Or you can get to loving and people loving and hating you. If you, if they love you, they'll give you like a buff, like a relic from slay the spire that, that buffs you. And if they hate you, you'll get like a, a negative bane that will, that will harm you essentially. So you want to try to limit how many people hate you, but it's kind of unavoidable because by doing different things in the game, like choosing, like when you fight people, they have a, what's called a panic meter. And when they get panicked, essentially they'll give up and you can either accept their surrender or you can kill them. And killing them is pretty good because it gets you another, like a bonus card to add to your deck essentially. But it might also have like, far-reaching effects that you don't know about yet because like you might have pissed off their best friend or something and now that best friend hates you and wants to Mm. come after you it's it's really fucking interesting um a really crazy roguelike game uh it does slay the spire in a very unique fashion for roguelike the runs are long because again it's an rpg like to to beat the game you have to survive i think like five days and there's shit that happens every day you can kind of choose the the jobs that you take on that you tackle um 
as you use characters and as you gain experience with them, you'll unlock new cards that will get added to your card pool, just like any other deck building game uh, that's out there as well. It's really fucking good so far. Like, I've really been enjoying it quite a bit. Um, I'm a little concerned on the sameness front because, again, the storylines like it's the same core story for each of the three for each character has their own core story, but it's the same every time you play. What's different is the jobs that'll be presented to you and the dialogue is different and the different characters you run into might not be the same on every run. Um, There's permanent upgrades you can unlock just like, you know, a typical roguelike game would be. It's a fucking killer game. I've, I've been playing. I put in like 10 hours since it came out on Friday last week. I've done several runs. I haven't beat it yet. Um, but I'm, I'm really engrossed into it. Uh, I know it's, it just came out on the switch. It's still on sale. I think, um, it's been on P on steam for a while. I don't think it's on PlayStation or Xbox, unfortunately. Um, but I've been digging the shit out of Griffland. So I would say that if you like slay the spire, you should definitely check it out. Uh, if you like RPGs, but, haven't really messed with deck builders or you don't like them i don't know if this is going to be a good pick for you though because the deck building aspect is core to the gameplay like like if you don't wrap your head around that well you're not going to like it and it's also not an easy game because there's a shitload of systems and different status effects that you have to learn and things of that nature as well so it's it's hard to make a blanket recommendation it's a no-brainer if you like slay the spire if you like roguelikes look into it a little bit more. I plan on streaming it sometime this week. Um, so you guys will be able to check that out. Um, so you can actually see some gameplay from Griftlands to see if it's something that you would dig or not, but I've been enjoying the shit out of it. I wasn't expecting it to like it as much as I have. Um, we're, we're, we've been fucking spoiled so far this year for new games. Uh, not the least of which is the best remaster of games that I've, that I've seen exists so far is is that a is that a statement that is incorrect uh i don't think it is uh given the state that mass effect one was uh, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> to where it is now but uh no i don't think that's an incorrect statement now you know my bias might be showing a bit I'm trying to think of the uh the remasters i believe this is three games yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And I have I don't I I don't have a PS5 yet. But I'm playing in the performance mode on a PS4 Pro mm-hmm. and I have a 4K TV. Um yeah, this game looks really fucking good. <laughs> All of them. Yeah. Even it's, one. It's great. Yeah. It's like solid. go back and look at some clips of <laughs> I, one. Oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I played one back in 2007 or whenever the hell that game came out. Yeah, it looks it looks so much better. Um, yeah, I don't think that statement's false. Yeah, no, it's it's all. amazing. Um, my hot take: so, Mass Effect Two, for my money, best Mass Effect game in the series. So I played two, beat it, started three. I just started three when we recorded the podcast last week. I'm about halfway into it now, taking my time, doing a shitload of side missions. I've done. Uh, all of the action-based DLC at this point, which I never done before, by the way. I never went back and played the DLCs in Mass Effect 3, but I played Omega, I played Leviathan. Um, they were both very good. I think when you take it as a complete package, 
I think that Mass Effect 3 might actually be the best Mass Effect game, guys. I think it might it's, actually um, be the best. It is. You know, Mass Effect 3 is the one I played the least. Mm-hmm. And it is. Um, uh, so I, I didn't remember a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But whereas Mass Effect 1 is like this, you know, this space opera. Mass Effect 2 is like a real dark version of that space opera. Mm-hmm. And Mass Effect 3 is dire like <laughs> the things that are going on man it's just like yo i got like you you feel the the world weariness in shepherd mm-hmm. right uh i'm i'm at the point of no return oh shit all right you've been pointing out a lot of that then I and guess. uh but i'm i'm going i'm going to cheat a bit i'm going to i because i i i want to i want to finish this mm-hmm. but i'll go back and do Omega and Leviathan. But on see, they work. A, they work so much better difficulty. in context. I know though. they I work know. so much better in context. Like you don't want to save them till the end. I know. I I'm I'm gonna, but I I want to get through this insanity run. And I I I started Omega, and I'm like, I don't know if I can do this with this setup. <laughs> like, I have a very specific setup to, to get me through that requires certain team members to be there. And they're not right. Omega, Omega, you are by yourself with uh, Aria, and then eventually uh, Nyrene Candos. So, right. And I really want to. I I need to get this this insanity thing uh, done for my own like sanity. sense of pride. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to say it, but <laughs> I don't know. Just the way the way the stories are told in three, and the way that plot unfolds, just feels more refined compared to mass effect 2 mass effect 2 is a collection of fantastic like serialized stories where they're just kind of like one-offs here and there you get your character intro and then they have their you know they have their moment most of which are very good like most of the loyalty missions that in mass effect 2 are fucking amazing and that's what makes that game awesome but three like the way it ties everything together, the different characters they bring back it again, if you've played the previous two games, it's even better because they really leverage your, you know, the relationships that you have with those characters. You can really, I feel like in three, you can role play more than you could in the other games. That's because you have the context of the events from the other games to kind of guide you along Um, much less of in in much less of a, Hey, this is a strict paragon or renegade choice. And I'm playing one way or the other, like in, in, I've made a lot more renegade decisions in three, despite the fact that I've been doing a paragon run through the series, just because they seem to be the right choice based on how I was feeling. Yeah. Like somebody was shooting at you when you're like, Hey, I'm on this ship, right? I need to get out of here. It was like, no, we're going to shoot at the ship anyway. And then you come back and just like, oh, fuck you, yo. And then just fucking get off my ship. And I get it. And it's funny because like I went into three, like, sure. I was like, so like in in my head, like I'm role playing this, right? Like, so Morton, Morton died in two for me. Morton was like, he convinced me why the genophage was good, actually. Like they refined it, you know, perfectly. And it, this was the way to go. And so I, all throughout three, I was like, well, I'm not going to cure the genophage. Like, I'm not, I'm just not going to do it. Like, <laughs> like, like Morton convinced me he's dead. RIP in peace. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to honor my boy's wishes because <laughs> he's not going to be there to tell me otherwise. But then talking to the Dalla trash 
She was a bitch. And then talking to talking to uh yeah, talking to Rex and talking to Eve, and they're like, it's gonna be different this time, we promise. And then I was like, Oh man, you got you, you're convincing me. You talked me into it, and then we're riding in the carrier, and I'm like, Yeah, the Dallas trash trying to get me to fuck you guys over, but I'm not gonna do it. And I say I saved the Krogan. <laughs> and then the very next mission, I went to the Rachni caves and I spared the Rachni Queen in the first game. And then all of a sudden the Rachni are like in it with the like like they got like Reaper Tech and shit. And finally you get to the Queen, I'm like what the fuck? Like, I thought we talked about this. Like, you guys were going to lay low. Like, now you're now you're all with the Reapers. And they're like, oh, we we didn't have a choice. Like, they made us. And now I was like, fuck you. Fool me once. <laughs> Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. I'm going to let Grunt fucking drive one of your one of your bitches off a cliff. And then he's going to come back with blood all over him. But he survived because he's fucking Grunt because he's awesome. Like, like, like that kind of shit. Like, like I, was just, I, I was all my feelings about it. Like, they pissed me off. It yeah, me off I, they lied. I, 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 it's, it's scary how similar we are. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I've been playing like we've been working from home, working from home. <laughs> so I've been, I've been putting work in on, uh, Mass Effect. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm at the point of no return. And, um, it's, yeah, Mass Effect, I, it, Playing Mass Effect Three really made me miss the multiplayer. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like if they if they ever add that in, forget about it. I mean, yeah, get out of here. Get out of here. But like my galactic readiness is at like seven thousand or some <laughs> shit like that. Like I, I'm 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 ready. I'm ready. Um, and at this point, I just kind of want to, I just kind of want to plow through. Yeah. I got my I got my quarian girlfriend with me, which was uh, an interesting couple of conversations to have with yeah. Liara. Um, that's that's another funny thing too is that like I was about to do the Citadel stuff I was like oh wait haven't gotten Tally yet I was like let's let's wait to get Tally first and then uh, <laughs> then then we'll go hang out in Anderson's apartment so <laughs> she was taken aback too man I was like she was she came up she was, she was like so uh, I heard that you had a thing with Tally but that's over right and Maya was like oh maybe we should just be friends and she was just like uh oh, oh, uh, oh okay um all right i guess and then and then i felt bad because now it feels <laughs> like she's super cold now is it you know is it mean? bad that i'm feeling neglected by liara because she's so she's so uh-huh, involved in her work uh-huh. right that's now? exactly what happened well, to <laughs> me during two i was like oh oh i've been gone for two years you brought me back but you're so focused on the shadow broker i'm like all right well i guess you know <laughs> you just want to focus on that uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's like that movie we did on Black on Black Cinema. You said, "Yeah, the second day, bitch." Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you said we should see other people. You too focused on your work. I get it. I get it. I understand. You a you a modern woman, right? You're very career focused. You're career driven. I respect that. But you know, I'm 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 a mover and a shaker, man. I gotta I gotta you know I got this quarry in here. She's she she's just all over me. Uh, you know, and meanwhile, Mike, gonna Mike is gonna Mike is gonna murder an entire race, or probably did already murder an entire race of artificial intelligence just to impress. His I didn't girlfriend. have to. I didn't have to. <laughs> I didn't have to. That's how that's that's how you impress a woman. You 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 get the you get their mortal enemies. You get their slaves to agree to not take retribution. That's how smooth I am. <laughs> It took a lot of fucking work too. Jesus <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> That's what I'm saying though. What a damn game Mass Effect 3 is, and then and then you combine that with the just the just the 
the buttery smooth combat in that game. Again, I forgot how good yeah. it was. Espe- yeah. And especially compared to two. Like I, I I always had the impression that two and three were pretty similar in terms of combat. No, three three is yeah. night and day above three two. They, they really refined it to the point where like I don't even have to, you know, use the power wheel. Right. Yeah. Like you, you I, I know what I know what I need my my team to do and just just point hit a button combo because you know everything is about combos and power combos in that game and once you figure out the right combination it's it's a it's cakewalk so yeah yeah man mass effect 3 is amazing i want to try and finish it tonight but i don't think i will uh so i'll finish it tomorrow and then work on the platinum well like i said i uh, really i really wish i could finish it this week but i don't think i'll be able to uh because as we move in the new releases, apparently the new Ratchet and Clank is fucking incredible. And I and I want to play it like right now. Um, that comes out Friday, but there's a lot more besides that that's coming out this week. You have Chivalry 2 coming to PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. You have Edge of Eternity on PC. Uh, the Elder Scrolls Online gets its upgrade to PS5 and Xbox Series X to coincide with the release of the new DLC to consoles. Uh, Willie Morgan and the Curse of Bone Town. I... Could not even possibly imagine what the fuck that game's about. Uh, comes right. to the Switch. Uh, Green Hell comes to P- PlayStation and Xbox. Later Daters comes oh, to Xbox. That's a survival game. What is that? Green Hell. Green Hell. Yeah. Uh, no More Heroes 1 and 2 come to PC. Uh, the Final Fantasy 7 Remake Intergrade Expansion comes to PS5. Uh, Ninja Gaiden Master Edition comes to Switch. I was looking forward to that as well, yep. but it's the Sigma version of the games and no. It's the baby versions of all, all right. the games. They made very they made easier because the other ones were too difficult. Yes. Which they were. I'm not gonna lie and say they weren't. Um, uh one hand clapping comes to PC. We are football comes to PC. Darius Burst, another Chronicle EX Plus comes to PlayStation Switch. Guilty Gear Strive comes to PC and PlayStation, and the aforementioned Ratchet and Clang Rift Apart comes to the PlayStation 5. Did you play the uh the beta for that? Anybody? Guilty no. Gear? Guilty Gear? Mm-hmm. No. I played the beta for it. I, uh, I, I'm, very yeah. pretty. It's very pretty. It's also it's also <laughs> like it's also very Guilty Gear, but like not really. Yeah, they did what uh, Mortal Kombat did with Mortal Kombat 11. They kind of slowed it down a bit. Yeah, compared to the rest of the uh, series, it feels know. it feels it it feels different, and it feels. You know, Street Fighter is a slower paced game that this is the Street Fighter of guilty. Right. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Still complex. It fuck, <laughs> yeah. Very pretty. Like, it looks incredible. <laughs> like, a yeah. game looks insane how good that game looks. To a, to, a, to a fault sometimes, but sometimes I just can't tell what the hell is going on. There's just so, much going on. <laughs> so many colors, so much shit going on. And, and yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, the Discord is live, folks. Go to densepixels.com slash fans. We got a lot of channels there. Is that what they're called, Carrie? Channels? Yes, they are various channels. Um, I have done my absolute best to streamline the Discord into various categories. So you have your, you have your wrestle category and you have your online gaming category and that's where you can find our post office as well since we have uh, fully emigrated the post office from the facebook into the discord um but yeah you can come hang out with us um 
I think I am going to try to um, sort of host various E3 streams over the weekend so that we can have sort of a live reaction conversation as uh, as these press conferences go live. So yeah, head head to the Discord that I think only I am moderating. <laughs> <laughs> That's at com slash fans. Yeah, I sure see uh, Brad and uh, Triska Decca as other mods but pretty sure i'm the only one doing anything <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know yeah. the platform better than we do so this is also go. true <laughs> i don't know what the fuck i'm doing i'm just looking at stuff and 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 liking it that's all i uh that's all i that's all i do uh go to youtube.com slash dense pixels and you can like us there Click that like button. Click that bell notification icon. Smash subscribe. Uh, we're trying to be like uh, the Paul brothers and be famous for no reason, so that we can, <laughs> so that we can get our asses handed to us by uh, arguably the best boxer in the world. Um, it's cool. For, it's cool that you clout. treat that as anything more than an absolute work. That it was. <laughs> uh, look, uh, look, look, look. I don't want to hear nobody talking about wrestling when boxing exists. All right. It's always been like that. Uh, get out of here with your nonsense. Go to youtube.com slash pixels and like and subscribe. Subscribe to uh, all of the TMP Studios podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, including Nerdpocalypse. We'll probably be talking about Loki. Uh, the Disney Plus show, Black on Black Cinema. We just had our 200th episode. Uh, Jay, myself, Terrence, and Tiara all reviewed Two Can Play That Game, uh, a really stupid movie <laughs> <laughs> that Jay just absolutely loves. And Jay loves it. Jay loves it because Jay is thick-headed, and he is any movie that breaks the fourth wall it's automatically like it's automatically one in the wing column for Jay. He, he loves <laughs> when people look at the camera and talk to him directly. Uh, coming distractions, um, our contemporary movie review show. Uh, maybe we'll review in the Heights. I know my mom, uh, my, my mother, my, my Freudian slip, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I want to see in the heights and she really wants to see in the heights. So I'm going to be watching in the heights, but I think I'm going to save my thoughts on in the heights for this month's episode of upstage conversation. There you go. Let's just jump straight to that. Go to densepixels.com slash premium for $5 a month, or $50 uh, for a year. You get access to the premium slate of podcasts, including upstage conversation where Carrie will pontificate on In the Heights. Do they have yeah. a pro shot of that movie? Of that play? Uh, I'm Any sure movie? I could find it. Is there a pro shot? I don't know. Are there bootlegs on YouTube? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and I'm, yeah, Broadway is notoriously stingy about what pro shots get released. I found out recently that there was a pro shot done of the very last like Cats performance on its original run in the on the on the West End in Britain. And that's never been released in full. There's like pieces of it online, but they've never fully released it. And I'm like, just, just fucking give it to me, man. Like, what? Why? 
why wouldn't you just give it to me um yeah uh you should listen to the most recent episode of upstage because brad brad joined me for some uh baseball time baseball. some musical baseball adventures a League of Their Own is a musical. No, <laughs> a League of Their Own is not a musical. We watch Damn Yankees. Oh, I thought that was like Damn the North. Like a yeah, I thought that was like something. That's solid. actually about baseball. It nope, is about that's baseball. About baseball. Yeah. I don't like baseball at all. I know. <laughs> God, and it's a musical so good. About baseball would make me want to blow my brains. <laughs> Oh, it's, no, it thanks. is so good having you back, Tara. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, uh, the airing of grievances, our Seinfeld uh, show. Look, uh, we're doing these. Uh, we're, we're getting them. We're banging them out. And um, this, I think the next episode is the one where you will really look down on Jay. Um, it if you is, aren't already. Yeah, I mean, if you aren't already, I mean, like this mo- is it. most everybody does, and and, and I mean I literally, yeah, literally. Was done, so. <laughs> <laughs> like it is, it is, it's a little ridiculous. He's he's a pompous ass. Um, <laughs> you can listen to this week um, with Kathy Grishman. I, that's, I think that episode is funny. But yeah, Kathy Griffin is the issue with that episode. I wanted to exactly. throw her down a flight of stairs. Yeah. <laughs> awful. But the episode itself is funny. Yes. It is. Yeah, except for her. Like yeah. she's the one thing that I just and she's in another fucking episode. All right. <laughs> hey, I know that episode also. Jesus. Uh you can listen to our back catalog of No Time to Bleed. Uh, the men with the golden tongues will be returning. Oh, they, yeah. uh, are, they're scheduled uh, to record this week. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be great. It is going to be great. It's, it's I mean, going look, to be. Look, it, it's it's hard. It was it's tough to schedule this one because as much as we might like it to, the world does not revolve around our uh, our whims when it comes to scheduling podcasts. But we now have a solid plan in place to get this episode recorded. So, Yes. Yes. I, I find it. uh I find it difficult to exclaim how excited I am for for to to do the next episode of the Man with the Golden Tongues. Yeah, and if all that's not enough, uh, you can listen to uh, Look Forward Political Podcast with Jay and Brad, and sometimes Andy. <laughs> and Andy, Andy, Andy himself said he's being uh, he's going to be relegated to a bit player this season just because his work <laughs> schedule is not uh, is not cooperating yet. We have not recorded yet this week. We're recording tomorrow. Uh, tune in to watch me get just ragingly upset at Joe Manchin for completely legitimate reasons. So I don't understand how anyone goes through their day without being ragingly upset at Joe Manchin <laughs> at this point, honestly. So uh, we will crush through uh, what is a light news docket because I figured we'd spend a lot of time up front talking about games, and we did. Uh, Nintendo's E3 presentation is going to be on June the 15th at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. It's going to run roughly 40 minutes and focus on Nintendo Switch software, quote, mostly releasing in 2021. Uh, we will get live gameplay for a few games, um, so we'll see what Nintendo has in store for us next week. Looking forward to a couple things from them. Uh, Valorant is coming to mobile. Uh, Valorant, of course, the free-to-play PC game. It's been available from Riot Games, same folks that make League of Legends. Uh, doesn't really get talked about on this show too much because Carrie does not play Valorant. And she's the only one who plays stuff on PC. So 
Uh, kind of slips on our radar, but it's very popular. Uh, Terrence, despite never having played it, apparently loves it. It's his background this week. It's the greatest on the show. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck it is. I barely know what it is. Isn't it like um, it's another game? League Overwatch? of Legends. Overwatch? Oh, it's like it's like League of Legends. Like, I don't Overwatch. Know. Yeah. No, I think I, I think it's like Overwatch. I think it's like a hero uh, class based uh, class based shooter, free to play. So, but mm. you'll you'll soon be able to play it on mobile. So, got that to look forward to. Uh, How do you? Never mind. Oh, so yeah. God. You play mobile. How do you? Uh, Same way Fortnite first and, person shooters. Yeah, Call of Duty has a mobile game, but that's third person, isn't it? Their mobile game. Wait, Call of Duty? Yeah. No, that's first. That's oh, first person. I, mm-hmm. I don't understand it either. So I don't see how you do it. So virtual controls. Weird. We uh we're forced to continue to talk about Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Um. Mm-hmm. So we t- we talked about their the 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 great sales for the game. Um. Which they sold about 13 plus million copies in a few weeks in December, right? But they haven't communicated like any actual sale numbers since then. We we know they had to issue a bunch of refunds and things of that nature as well. So an analyst has estimated that since the game's first quarter, so basically since that first launch window, that the game has sold probably only about 800,000 copies. In, in the entire quarter one 20, 2021 uh, time frame, which I, I think financially runs from like January or from like February to April or something along those lines. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I covered finance for all of about for six, months. <laughs> six months last year <laughs> trying to reach deep into those recesses of my brain so micah um, you asked uh, a couple weeks ago what's the negative effect that the fact the game isn't on playstation has on the game to be combined with all the negative buzz uh not even be able to sell push a million copies for one of the most anticipated games of this console generation uh in a three-month span i feel like is probably uh pretty indicative of that i think that's yeah. hilarious <laughs> the playstation is still like now nah, fuck you yeah. And again, and, and the fact that CD Projekt Red, they're like, when is it going to come? They're like, we don't know. It's not up to us. <laughs> like, they haven't even given you any kind of inclination or goals you have to reach or targets. And they're like, no, we don't know. No. So, no Sony was like, you released a broken ass piece of shit game on our platform. Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. Yeah. That's really bad. <laughs> like, to, to, to move less than a million copies in a quarter of a game that was like this hyped. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the hype ultimately is what worked against them. The The amount of hype for this game probably played into the way that that number played out. Because you had all of this hype for this game and then it released and it was broken to the point of being unplayable for many, many people. And the reviews of people who were able to play it on a system where it functioned were like, oh, the game's fine. You know, it's not some groundbreaking, incredible experience. It's like, it's fine, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, it's it's interesting. Normally, you know, even if a game doesn't necessarily meet a level of hype, mm-hmm. there's still, you know, if it's if it's worth playing, then word will get around and more people will eventually go and play it. But that's not what seemed to happen with cyberpunk. You know, I think ultimately that might be what has doomed it the most of all is the fact that, you know, the fact that it's merely like an eight, <laughs> merely an eight out of 10. If, if that, you know, yeah, 
it's it's probably more along the lines of like a six and a half or seven of a game um compared to how how hyped it was over the course of years well it's the um, it's the anti-witcher right like the witcher 3 came out with relatively small build and it came out and it landed and it sold fine but nothing groundbreaking but it was so good that word of mouth just continued to spread over months and months and months and it was a game that had an extremely long dovetail mm-hmm. and just didn't stop selling like it was it right. was a consistent and seller for like 2 years basically obviously the fact that netflix decided to do a series based off of the witcher franchise at large helped play into the sustained success of witcher 3 because i'll tell you this much much as i'm an rpg person i didn't even pick up witcher 3 until after i watched the netflix series uh but you know witcher 3 has also been ported to other consoles Mm -hmm. uh the switch version apparently runs just fine yeah at at like Uh, 540p but you know it runs good yeah like it runs i'm not saying i'm not saying it's a beautiful game i'm saying it runs it does Uh, they like said they had to jack the resolution down to (laughs) down to 16-bit levels but it does run but i mean even even at that level it's still a fun enough game and i'm sure for people who have lengthy commutes on mass transit i have a lot of friends who have played through entire rpgs sitting on the train basically mm-hmm. um so that's also something that worked in its favor but yeah with with cyberpunk it was this like huge ramp up for years they were just hype hyping and hyping it and hyping it and then it comes out and it bombs in truly every sense of the word uh it doesn't work the game's only eh. uh and you know so word of mouth got around in the complete opposite the direction. wrong way right and and it's turning into a potential bit of an albatross for cdpr because apparently you know seven months after the game released uh, 60% of the development team is still working on the game because of all the bug fixes, because of DLC <laughs> that they've promised. Um, paid DLC, no less, which good luck with that. I mean, Jesus Christ, like, what the fuck are you going to ask people to do? Um, but yeah, according to CDPR, uh, they have about 300 of their employees still working on Cyberpunk. Yeah, that's sort of wild but also somewhat not surprising um yeah if they're really gonna try and charge people on dlc for this any more than like five bucks per pack they're gonna have a hard fucking time Mm -hmm. getting people to pay for dlc because you look you look at other major games that were hyped as shit and then bombed when they came out and i'm talking about no man's sky and fallout 76 and those two games bombed when they first came out they did not live up to expectations they did not live up to the hype that had been generated about them but both of these games have since released multiple dlc for free all of the no man's sky additional content has been 100 free all of the fallout 76 content and of course the difference between 
76 and no man's sky is no man's sky is a small team hello games is an indie dev really yeah, it's, it's a dozen Whereas, it's literally a dozen people so yeah it's literally a like <laughs> a handful of people in some office park trying to make this game work but 76 is by bethesda which is a much larger company than even um cdpr, CDPR. yeah but even Bethesda knows that they're like, yo, if we want people to play this game, we have to make this game worth playing and we have to do that for free. And I feel like if CDPR is really going to like try and get more people to buy Cyberpunk to begin with, to try and move more copies of their game, that extra content had better be fucking free. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Micah? Uh, did they just cut their losses and just like, let's just start let's can, let's can have a, uh, uh let's have a team let's have a team work on let's cut the team that's working on it now in half mm-hmm. let's not announce that we're going to do any dlc or anything and let's start working on another project because look i don't think anyone is going to be buying this game anymore mm-hmm. right like i don't this is this is it and um, unless it's like some ridiculously deep sale, mm-hmm. and in in that case, you're you know you're you're losing money anyway, right? So do they do they slowly wean themselves off of this, or do they keep going with like the the roadmap or whatever? And by 2022, we'll have all the bug fixes and and uh, and all that, and you'll have your first DLC and. Like I, I, I feel like they have to because if they don't, the the flip side of that is if they just bail on it, how can you ever trust them again with another, you know, big budget game if you're a consumer? I mean, that's look, a real question, right? You, like, you, but you know how people are, right? Like if they I, say, I do. Hey, and, we're going back Witcher, to our yeah, roots, Witcher 4, Witcher 4 and we're be, doing a richer four. Yeah, it'll be massively successful no matter what, but. At the same time, like there's a lot of people who either came in on Witcher 3 and rode the goodwill to Cyberpunk or came in on Cyberpunk that you might have then been able to get into the Witcher series. Yeah. And if you if you bail on those people, yeah. they're not going to trust you. Like like the Witcher I, fans will I, be there. Here's but. the thing. I always want to see a game come out and be good. Mm-hmm. Um, my issues with CDPR specifically is that like. We know how bad the crunch culture is there. Yeah. So, like, well, and, how and the long have their were... employees been in crunch yeah. for a game that has ostensibly failed? Right. And and the fact that they were incredibly duplicitous when when the game first released in terms of yeah. how they allowed coverage of the game to come out. Like, it's it's been a it's been mishandled five Start ways from Sunday. We've yeah. talked about it a ton. Um, it's just wild to me that they essentially haven't been able to move past it in the way that. A game studio typically would this far out and, and moving on to the next thing so uh speaking like on on the topic of crunch like mm-hmm. i i feel like it's worth mentioning since the the game comes out this week um one of the devs from uh on on the new ratchet and clank game said on twitter today i would, I would have to dig to find the tweet again mm-hmm. but they they basically said like hey it's really it's really exciting to see positive reviews for this game because we didn't crunch at all. We just worked regular 40-hour work weeks, and we want people to know that it is absolutely possible to make a high-quality, fun, and entertaining video game without engaging in terrible crunch. Real real talk question. 
And 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 honestly, Mike is probably the best suited to answer this right the second because he plays across all their Hulk catalog. Is Insomniac the best game developer in the industry right now? You know, they make <laughs> they they don't make bad games. <laughs> like not one of their games are bad. Uh, you know, Resistance. While well, it is Fu- not- Fuse was not good, but other than that, Fu- Fuse, oh, yeah. Fuse is the exception that proves the rule. So, I mean, look, every, everybody gets one. Right? <laughs> Fuse came out eight years ago <laughs> yeah. at this point. Like they, if if they, it feels like they're the company that you want to work for, right? Right. Like they make they make stellar games. They know how to handle. Big, they know how to handle big budget games, but they, you know, they know how to handle smaller games. It's, it's been wild seeing them come through the ranks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking at Ration and Clank yeah. like reviews. Like, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately for you, Mike, one game you do not have to worry about buying in 2021 <laughs> uh, is the new God of War. Uh, to the surprise of literally nobody, uh, PlayStation has officially delayed the game into 2022. Uh, they said they wanted to just give the studio more time to develop the title. There was no way this game was coming out this year. Anyone that thought it was is insane. Um, there's even rumors that Horizon might get delayed into next year as well, which I'd be a little more surprised about, but I would also wouldn't be ridiculously surprised about it if that was the case. Yeah, I wouldn't be super surprised about Horizon. I guess I would be a little surprised given that they literally just did a state of play dedicated to it like right. a week and a half ago where they were like, here's 15 minutes of footage. Look how <laughs> nice this game looks. So it would be weird for them to now sort of go back and be like, oh, it's delayed into next year. Like that feels like it's going to be their big holiday thing for this year. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, so yeah, put your put your wallet away, Mike, and that that'll free up uh, seventy dollars to play Deathloop when that comes out in uh, September. <laughs> God, uh, that does look fun, though. It looks great. Like that, the last the last uh, bit of press that the game got a couple weeks ago fucking sold me on it. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like that look, it looks real good. Yeah, it's pretty. Looks pretty fun. Uh, just just play. Give me all the roguelikes or things that are like roguelikes, essentially. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like that's my my new preferred genre of game, apparently. Um, the new Rainbow Six game, uh, which was formerly named Quarantine, is now being called Rainbow Six Extraction. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be revealed during the Ubisoft, uh, forward event. We'll get to see gameplay for the first time. Uh, people were wondering when this was going to happen because, uh, the name Quarantine was a cool name for a game, uh, until we literally had a pandemic around the entire world that forced everyone to quarantine for like 15 months. Yeah, essentially. So, yeah, I don't think anything uh, about quarantines or uh, related to quarantines is going to sell particularly well yeah. anytime soon. So, yeah, this makes perfect yeah, sense all, from a marketing all, all perspective. I, all, I, all I can think of is, is you know, they're like, ah, it's it's like the scene from Men in Tights where uh, where Prince John was like talking to the witch and he's like, Latrine, your name's Latrine. She's like, she's like, yeah, she's like, but they change it. it used to be shit house. And he's like. It's a good change. It's a good change. <laughs> uh, underrated movie. Robert yeah. Manitites. Um, There's an artist who is suing Capcom because she alleges that Capcom stole photos for Devil May, of hers for De- Resident Evil and Devil May Cry games. And we're talking about 
Resident Evil 4 and the original Devil May Cry. Apparently, it took this artist 20 years to deduce the fact that this was a thing. I mean, so. it's or, or it took her that. I mean, who knows? Uh, this is a, a designer who um, she has this book called Surfaces, which is a collection of some 1,200 photographs of different textures mm -hmm. meant to be used for visual research for artists, architects, designers, etc., which uh, the book itself was originally published in 1996, but the collection comes with a CD-ROM containing all of the images. Uh, that being said, the artist uh, Judy A. Jurasek, I hope I'm saying that correctly, uh, Jurasek said she requires people to license images from her for commercial use by copywriting her directly. And she says that Capcom never co contacted her for a license. And there's court documents and it's it's wild the stuff that they appear to have used because mm -hmm. this is like a one to one sort of deal. It's like here's the original image, here's like the Resident Evil Four logo, here's the original image sort of superimposed at fifty percent, mm -hmm. um, and it's everything lines up. Um, and uh, well, here, yeah, just here, here's just the only it, problem she's going to have though is that like so like the spider web glass is probably the most like bulletproof evidence she has like the strongest evidence she has the problem with the other stuff is that they those are objects and those are places that do exist in real life so unless like i don't know if capcom has to pr like she'd have to prove that capcom was inspired by her well, she inspired by that that they used her art and her photograph to yeah, that. I mean, apparently um, there's more than 200 instances of her photographs mm -hmm. being used in Capcom's games. Now, yes, these are photos of things that exist in the world. Some of these are photos of other artwork or photos of design elements and whatnot. Again, this is meant to be sort of a reference guide for artists and architects, mm -hmm. but um, it is still it is still her photograph. Right. Um, which is they, like... They, how I, can she it, prove that they took it from her photograph specifically and they I feel like if there are 200 instances <laughs> of stuff from I mean, all, all but, of which are in her book that is too much to be coincidental I mean but you got to prove it though like it like the legal like the legal system while I understand what you're saying and it makes common sense to me the the legal system is all about just 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 doubt if if there's if there's a sliver of doubt, then then the onus is on, you know, the person claiming the 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 foul to to make them prove it. Like I get it, I I get it, but there seems to be a, I don't know, there seems to be a a, a loophole here where I think Capcom might be able to get away with it. Maybe I mean this. This is again like oh, I, I think this will get settled. Honestly, like I yeah, I, I, I think, think yeah, she's yeah, not yeah, looking yeah. for a ton here. Yeah. I mean, she's she's looking for like twelve twelve million million in damages on account of copyright infringement. Twelve million, um, get the yeah. fuck out of here. I mean, you'll, here's the thing: it's it's basically like... <laughs> um, she's because I think everything on the CD-ROM probably had a watermark of some sort, so that meant that they like cropped around or removed her watermark otherwise. Um, but yeah, so it's basically 2,500 to 25,000 for each used photograph. Um, so there's text of the whole complaint. Um, 
I um I don't know. I think she's right. I think they probably stuck this CD-ROM in a computer 20 years ago or whatever mm-hmm. and uh or 25 years ago at this point and uh decided to basically use it as stock images when it was never stock images to be used like that to begin with. Yeah. So well, Terrence had a rollout early, and it's probably because he saw our last uh, news story in advance. Speaking of fucked up court cases, uh, the law, the the lawsuit uh, transcripts for in French court uh, that's being levied against Quantic Dream uh, have. Well, and here's the thing: yeah. it's not a lawsuit against Quantic Dream. This is a lawsuit that Quantic Dream filed. Oh. against the oh, that's French right. yes, publications yes, yes. Le Monde yes. and Mediapar. That's right, for reporting, and, uh, reporting uh, for, for libeling them. Uh, yes, basically. for apparently uh, <laughs> libeling them okay. for reporting about toxic workplace conditions uh, and whatnot. Okay, before you begin, I yes. don't know much about this story, but I do know a little bit about French people. <laughs> I, d- I haven't read this story yet. I guarantee you, Somebody says some wild shit that is completely out of pocket. Like, like, Micah, you you haven't you don't even know yet. You don't even like. I mean, of course, I mean, of course, I smacked her on the ass at work. But that's what we do. We roughhouse. Both of the CEOs of the studio testified in this trial. Yeah, both of the CEOs. The the more I think known CEO, and this this report linked um, doesn't cover it, but apparently David Cage. as part of this lawsuit, there are documents where apparently David Cage got real mad one day and was like, Quantic Dream doesn't make games for faggots. Like that that kind of nonsense coming from him, which again doesn't surprise me because this is a guy who made the game Detroit become human and then insisted that it had no political uh, <laughs> political meaning. When like literally over the course of the game, you have to hit a button to either become Android Malcolm X or Android Martin Luther King. Like literally, literally. (laughs) Um, But yes, apparently um, David Cage and uh, Frenchie McFrenchface. Guillaume de Fondemer. Yes, Guillaume de Fondemer. (laughs) Ho ho wee wee baguette Eiffel Tower. Cage allegedly cried on the stand, stomped his feet, screamed about interferences to his business and damage to his honor, and eventually stormed out of the courtroom damage, altogether. Damage uh, to uh, my honor. Did the, uh, did, did, the, did the fucking lawyer for the for the newspaper like slap him in the face with a dueling glove or something like that? I guess. <laughs> um <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, De Fondemer uh, reportedly looked at the judges and asked during his testimony, during his testimony, and I quote, but I am not under oath. So can I lie? Yo, what, this is what I'm talking about. Yo. <laughs> what I'm talking about. Like, look, we my, my wife and I went to Paris one day. We were at a bar. We were talking to a guy. You know, I'm American, obviously. Right. And he's he's just like, yeah. I, I, you know, how's it like? What's it like in America? I say, well, you know, we got, you know, issues and stuff. Say, yeah, man, I don't really understand, like, why Americans can be racist. You know, we love everybody here, except for the Muslims. Like, yo, what the fuck? 
understand what you just said. <laughs> all right. All right. Yo. <laughs> so in case, in case anyone needs a reminder, some of the things alleged uh, by the newspapers that were going on in Quantic Dream are internal troves of photoshopped images depicting employees in sexual situations and altered to look like Nazis that were displayed in open areas of the offices. Yeah. Oh, that's just that's just a little roughhousing. That's yeah. just uh like <laughs> um, locker room. Yeah. Talk. So Defundemir De uh followed his oh, I can lie, right? Because I'm not under oath, uh, by claiming that Quantic Dream was seriously damaged by the stories of its toxic work environment, but then didn't actually provide any proof of any of these damages. Um, what's super funny is that Quantic Dream has basically done a incredible legal self-own i mean this whole lawsuit is an incredible legal self-own but they uh the studio reportedly provided the court with documents that were supposed to defend them against accusations of social security fraud by showing the company acting in good faith in the termination of a former employee however upon closer examination those documents revealed irregularities in the process that the defense believed highlighted a possible incident of unlawful dismissal. So they're just like, how bad can we dunk on ourselves <laughs> in this whole process? Let me provide you with the evidence that you can use to defeat me. Yeah, uh, a verdict is a, a verdict is expected next month. I feel like over the next month, we will surely come to learn more about how terrible Quantic Dream and David Cage continue to be. Wow. Yeah, Dave, David Cage, um, I was reminded of one of the best baseball insults I've seen in a while today, um, which was several years ago now, in which uh, David Johnson called Joe Madden a weird wuss in <laughs> media. <laughs> and I think David Cage is a weird wuss. That's funny. <laughs> I think that aptly de describes someone who basically shit his pants on the testimony stand <laughs> this week by crying and storming out of the courtroom. Yeah. I, Fuck right. that guy. All right. All right. Uh, go to uh, go to densepixels.com slash lexical. I mean, uh, Amazon. <laughs> When you go to densepixels.com slash Amazon for all of your Amazon purchases, you uh, you help out the show uh, and at no additional cost to you. Uh, when I go to densepixels.com slash Amazon, my most recent order is a uh, pair of uh, a dress shirt, uh, a pair of slacks and suspenders for my son because he is going to be the ring bearer for my sister's wedding. Cute. So, I thought your sister got married already. She did. She did. Oh, that's but, right. This um, is the official, like, non-quarantine yeah. edition. Yeah, yeah. This is. Uh, this is. I want to have the. I still want to have the big party. Edition. <laughs> uh, which is fine. You know. Uh, hey. You know what's not fine? Doing it in the middle of, uh, at the beginning of July. That's, mm. that's not fun. But yeah, uh, I have a wedding uh, last weekend of this month. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hope the cicadas are gone by then. Hope the hope the bug orgy is finished. <laughs> but, um, I saw I saw there's like there's some radar which picked up activity and from like Baltimore County on down to like DC and parts of Northern Virginia and it's like 
yeah, this raider determined that that this stuff that was being picked up was biological in nature. And I'm like, oh, so you can see the bug orgy from space. Yeah. God cool. Damn, <laughs> is that Yo, why I straight up why, haven't left my is house? Is that why uh, Jeff Bezos is going there? So he can observe the bug, bug orgy from afar. <laughs> Yo, Jeff Bezos is going into space and we're really going to let him come back? Look, I'm just saying. Just like Jeff, check out that airlock. Oh no, Jeff Bezos! Oh, yeah. <laughs> but look, Death we got to get him. We got to get him there first. So you got to go to deadspixels.com slash Amazon. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't have a real like top story this week. Cause like Carrie said, everyone's waiting uh, for, with E3 right around the corner. So I figured we could just talk about things that we're hoping to see at E3 this year. Non Golden Sun edition because I know that's the first thing that Carrie would utter out of her mouth. <laughs> um, so I, it's it's hard it's hard right because there's not a whole lot that we don't like know about already. Sony kind of you know jumped their gun a little bit with getting that Horizon uh, footage out there. Even though God of War is not coming out till next year, I wouldn't mind seeing some God of War gameplay footage as well. I think that'd be fun. But the thing I want more than anything is Metroid Prime for gameplay and release date. Let's fucking go. Spring 2022, we're going to show a gameplay demo off to you during this, this Nintendo Direct and drop it on your laps. Here's the thing awesome. about the Nintendo Direct, though, at E3, is that you're probably not going to see a lot of gameplay mm-hmm. during the actual direct because they generally save the extended that's fine yeah they, they they save extended gameplay for treehouse uh yeah i i would almost say i'm cautiously optimistic about seeing metroid prime 4 i'm not, I'm uh, not allowing myself optimism because if i'm optimistic <laughs> then it's not going to happen so. uh i think we're maybe gonna see more on the breath of the wild sequel um I mean, this is the 35th anniversary year for Zelda. They did such a big deal for the 35th anniversary of Mario that I'm sort of surprised we haven't seen more on Zelda yet. Um, We know that we're getting the Skyward Sword port in uh, really just a few weeks here, Mm -hmm. next month. Um, I wouldn't expect that they're going to like really show much of that since they're they're probably going to be like, hey, a reminder, this is coming out in three weeks, like. Uh, you know, pre-order if you haven't already, but I don't think we're going to have a lot of time spent on that. Uh, yeah, I really do hope we fucking get anything related to Golden Sun. It's the 20th anniversary <laughs> of the franchise. If they're going to do a port of the games to Switch, this is the year to do it. Uh, do I think it's going to happen? No, absolutely fucking not. I don't think it's going to happen anymore. I will be six feet in the ground and the Golden Sun storyline will remain unfulfilled more than likely. Um I what I really want to see, mm-hmm. I want to see gameplay of Pokemon Legends. Because Nintendo did announce a release date for that. They say it's coming out end of January. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping we actually get some some more in-depth gameplay footage of that. Uh outside of Nintendo, I really want to see more of Final Fantasy 16. Um Yep, that's about it for me. Like, <laughs> uh, oh, you know what? Bethesda, because Bethesda's not doing their own thing this year. Bethesda's going to be at the Microsoft since they own Bethesda now. Uh, I think I think we might get Starfield. 
Yeah, I was going to ask, do you guys think it's more likely that we get Starfield or Elder Scrolls 6 stuff? I think it's more year. likely that we get Starfield, Starfield. because okay. we know that they've been working on Starfield for gotcha. longer. It yeah. wouldn't surprise me if they do what they've done with their other flagship titles over the last few years, which is, hey, here's a gameplay trailer. Game comes out in four months. We'll see you then. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's what they managed to do with Fallout 4. Yeah. Maybe we'll get another teaser on Elder Scrolls 6, but I would not, I'm not really holding my breath on that until next year at this point. Mike, what are you hoping for? Um, Like you said, Starfield Final Fantasy 16 would be, uh, would be really lovely. Um, curious to see what uh, is going on with Halo Infinite, seeing as how it was on the box for the system that I bought. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'll get any Spider-Man news, but I would, I would, I would love to see it. Um, I would like to see anything regarding a fighting game. I'm curious about, mm-hmm. uh, uh, not, uh, not the new King of Fighters, right? Cause that's, yeah. I, I see enough of that, but like something, something like a surprise, you know what I mean? Um, whatever uh sony is whatever first party titles sony will will put out uh i'm looking to be surprised but i don't know i'm not i'm not super excited right now but that'll probably change on friday thursday (laughs) yeah thursday so um i'll see i'll tell you what i'll tell you what for me i haven't talked about this on the show this week the the conference that i'm going to be most looking forward to and most intrigued by is actually Microsoft's because they are closer than you guys realize at getting me at pushing me over the edge to getting an Xbox because there's been enough either exclusives or time exclusives that are coming out on Game Pass now that they've shown or have talked about um, that is intriguing me enough to to make possibly make it worth it to buy into the Xbox ecosystem um, depending on how Starfield looks. Um, but there's already uh, the Ascent, which again, is all these are on PC, but I don't play on PC. So there's, there's the Ascent, which is going to be on Xbox. The new um, Drinkbox game is coming first to Xbox and is going to be on Game Pass for a little bit. Um if Halo Infinite doesn't look like a pile of dog shit like it did when they showed it off last year, that will be compelling. But I just I feel like there needs to be just a little bit more um, to really push me over the edge, because if I'm going to get it, I'm fine with that. But they have to deliver me like three to four exclusive games a year that I want to play and that'll make it worthwhile. And they're not quite there yet. Year. Yeah, I think I, I'm, well, not, I'm could, not saying yeah, like could, AAA like blockbusters. I'm talking about just three or four. They could be indie, yeah. like, like a couple of them could be indie games. Like that, that'd be yeah, fine they, as well. They got enough. They got enough uh, bullets in the chamber that I think you can, you can, you can get that. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what they we'll see what surprises they have in store. Um, everyone, every, a lot of folks out there think that Elden Ring is finally going to be shown off. We'll we'll see about that. <laughs> but. uh but yeah, so like I said, some some modest hopes I think for E three this year. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what. It, like I said, we're only a couple days away from the unofficial start with uh, Keeley Fest. So uh, <laughs> speaking of E three, we can tie it right into the post office, 
we're going to skip Daniel's question first just because I'm a big fan of segues. Uh, so we'll start with Johnny, who asks, are you expecting Nintendo to play it safe with modern announcements for E3? Are you expecting them to blow you away and give it to you with both barrels? I think this is a both barrels year really? for Nintendo. Really? I really do. I I think... Because I Nintendo goes either way. Nintendo is either super middling or blow everyone away with both barrels. And the past couple of years have been sort of middling, but I feel like this is a blow everyone away year. Um, I think, you know what? Metroid Prime 4, I think, is on the table. Breath of the Wild 2, I think, is on the table. A mm-hmm. new Mario is, I think, on the table. Maybe a new Donkey Kong is on the table. I, I no Pokemon. New, I think a new Donkey Kong is likely. Mm. A new Mario would blow everyone else away if they showed off Mario Odyssey 2. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I also think the the long-rumored Switch Pro may also be announced. Um, so, yeah, I think this is going to be a big first-party year for Nintendo, and I think this is going to be a blow everyone away with both year. Kind of year. I, I agree, but those announcements will be like for 2022. <laughs> I mean, like, I think a lot of them will probably be early 2022. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be the best. I'm I, thinking, I'm thinking later 2022. I'm going to, I'm going to be the pessimist. I think we get one, maybe two tentpole games and everything <laughs> else is smaller stuff. So we'll Third see what party. happens there. Yeah. Uh, Daniel asks. Daniel's a couple questions. We will start with his first one that he asked last week. Uh, at what place in at what PlayStation iteration do you think something changes drastically in the Sony hardware department, or will I be buying the PlayStation Ten on Mars in the future? And I guess the same question uh, with Microsoft. Also, you're gonna. Th- I don't think you're gonna see anything too drastic in terms of hardware changes, uh, especially with PlayStation. PlayStation knows what it is, um, and they're not trying to be anything else. I think if if anything, Microsoft would be the one to experiment with wild stuff. Um, they already have been the one between yeah. the two of them to experience experiment with wild stuff. Remember the connect? What a fun time that was. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I God, do. can you can you believe that thing really functionally hasn't been part of our life for over five years now? Can you believe that the Xbox One shipped with that bundled mandatorily in? yes. included? Right, I, bundled I in with bundled, and everybody was all like. Oh, I could turn my Xbox on with my voice so that when I come home from work, I could just say, connect, turn my Xbox on, and then it'll be there by the time I get my, you know, I, 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 I take <laughs> by my the shoes time off. I get my dick out. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> just, just, just press a button, you know? Uh, let's see here. Uh, See, Ken asks, uh, when it, while when it originally came out, I never played the multiplayer for Mass Effect 3, so I did not get the best ending due to lack of war resources. How do you feel about the single-player experiences in general uh, being tied to playing multiplayer modes? Uh, they, the church and state, you don't, I don't think that you should tie anything uh, in, in the single-player games and being forced to play multiplayer. I think that's ridiculous to, to do that in any game. I agree, Um, particularly when it comes to your ability to get, like, the best possible ending to, like, subject people to multi... Like, a lot of people don't like... I don't like playing multiplayer games. Monster Hunter is the only multiplayer game that I play, and I only play it because I only have to play with, like, my three best friends. (laughs) Like, uh, yeah, I think think that's shitty uh, if, if and when that happens. It's one thing to be like, 
oh, here's like, here's an extra bonus little mm. scene afterwards. If you do end up doing all of this, um, that everyone else can then just look up on YouTube, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. Uh, it's a hat trick. That's, that's the right term, right? <laughs> <is>. Correct. Uh, <laughs> it's a Turkey, uh, for, for all the bowlers out there. Um, yeah, I, I, I normally don't care for that. Um, I was mad when they did it. And then I started playing the multiplayer. <laughs> well, yeah, like, it was, oh, for, this was fun. fortunate that <laughs> Aspect 3's multiplayer happened to be really good, but and it wasn't. Uh, and the thing that that the reason why I enjoyed it is because it wasn't competitive multiplayer; it was co-op multiplayer. Um, I really enjoy that. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, no, no, keep them keep them separate. I mean, it gets to the point where Call of Duty just has the whole thing on a separate damn disc. <laughs> Uh, Daniel asks me, um, what would make me not buy the next FIFA game? And same with Carrie and and Pokemon. Uh, Daniel, you're asking the wrong question. You should be asking what will get me to buy the next FIFA game because I did not buy uh, FIFA 21 this past year. Interesting. Yeah, I just I, – I, A, I didn't – it was between console generations, so – like I didn't want to buy it on PS4 and then wait for the better version to come out on PS5 because it didn't. Even when the PS5 version launched, it didn't. Or when the PS5 launched, FIFA 21 on PS5 didn't come until a little bit later. Right. Um, I don't know. Like like sports games. Like for me to play FIFA the way that I want to play FIFA, it is such a time suck. And there's so many other games that I would be rather playing right now. Um, I don't play online as much as I did back in the day with FIFA um, when I was actually pretty good and, and could hang in some of the upper divisions. Um, that's not the case anymore. <laughs> like I'm, I'm lucky to get past division six out of 10 um, in FIFA nowadays. So yeah, I just, I just don't have the time and I prefer ultimate team and ultimate team just has a lot of grind to it nowadays. So I, I got to keep my grindy games to a minimum. And so FIFA unfortunately got pushed out. I don't, what they can do to get me to buy the next one. Not really sure. Not really sure. So, um, I will play every Pokemon. <laughs> Period. Uh, Rev asks, "What's a game at E3 that was promoted so well yet didn't deliver once the final product was finished?" I mean, this is an endless Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. No yeah, Man's Sky. The first one. Yeah. <laughs> all all of those. Cyberpunk. Like, there, there are there are tons of games that that have flopped um, that were given prime presence uh, on an E3 stage for sure. Um, just go back in history. Um, not that not that Killzone Two was a bad game, and not that it flopped, but that was like. Uh, core tenant to Sony, but ba- basically anything they showed off of that PS3 uh, E3 event, like Genji was on there, uh, Ridge Ra- Ridge Racer was was, was on there. Um, <laughs> Look, Ridge yeah. Racer yeah, lay- is always a good E3. Yeah, moment. Lay- Layer was featured prominently during uh, that E3 presentation. If you remember Layer, the fucking dragon riding game where you had to control it by tilting the six axis, a terrible, terrible game. So yeah, there's, there's um, lots thinking maybe like was anthem given a lot of time yeah anthem, anthem definitely had some yeah had some had some feature time at uh the minds of mass effect yeah, yeah. It, it was <laughs> yeah 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 it, really the better thing to say is if you see something prominently featured at e3 take it with a grain of salt at least one that it might not be good 
Uh, another question from Daniel. He asks, uh, you guys have not played many games with animal companions, right? If you had a dog in Mass Effect, what would it be and would it fight? There are dogs in Mass Effect. Yeah, they're robot they're dogs. robot dogs. Yeah. I was going to play it. Like, there's animal, there's animal companions in Fallout. Dog, there's dog meat in Fallout 3. And <laughs> yeah, then there's a whole Rex in yeah. Rex in Fallout New Vegas. And then a different dog meat in Fallout 4. Uh, uh, technically, God of War gives you an animal companion in your son. <laughs> he follows you around. He's a mammal. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll allow it. Uh, uh, children are goblins. Compa- um, companions are fine as long as their AI is not moronic. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing there. Uh, Johnny yeah, plus asked, I can, you know, if I have a dog, I can like sacrifice it to distract the <laughs> to distract the enemy. Uh, Johnny asks me about my thoughts on the hilarious shitstorm that was the final of the CONCACAF Nations League, which involved <laughs> fighting in the crowd, players being belted with trash. Well, Mexico is playing, so that's you know going to happen. Homophobic wow. chance again. Mexico involved, so that's going to happen. <laughs> Uh, and slurs and inebriated analysts and a fan jumping out of the skybox during the studio cutaway at halftime, which he links in the video uh, on the Discord. It's U.S. Uh, it's U.S. Mexico. Like like if you didn't expect all of this, then you haven't watched U.S. Mexico much in the last twenty years, I suppose. And, and just be glad this will play in the U.S. It, it, when when the U.S. plays in Mexico, so it, at, at the Estadio Azteca, which is where the Mexican national team plays, um, there's not a lot of like like the fans are right on top of the pitch, basically. Like there's not a lot of border area around the field, so the players when they're taking like corner kicks and stuff like that, the U.S. players literally get bags of urine thrown on them by Mexican fans. No bullshit. Soccer. Yeah. All right, yo. All Catch right. The fever. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Confederation of North Central America and Caribbean Association football. Yeah. Just you got to come up with another name. Just call guys. it. Just call it Concacaf. We we can't have an elegant name like UEFA, which which works a lot better. The the I South feel. American one is Comnibol, which is worse. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> all right. Oh, wow. I fucking love soccer. Euro's coming soon. Can't wait. Oh, it's going to be fucking great. Um, Mark asks, it might not be able to be answered since you all play so many, but if you were to pick a game for one of the others that you're pretty sure they haven't played, what would it be? I, I'm assuming that we think they should play is, is implied here. Sure. As well. Um, Carrie, you should play Hades at some point. It's really mm, good. I've been told that a few times. Uh, I don't generally enjoy roguelikes, so you may you I may not, it. but it's but it's like a roguelike crossed with Persona. Like there's like a whole, but not quite. A I know sim. that you can. Yeah. There's like multiple romance options, yeah. and believe me, I have seen things on Twitter regarding <laughs> regarding Than Zag and Meg. Like <laughs> I am aware. What people yeah. are doing with and, those characters, and of course, uh, Micah play No Man's Sky. Come on, what are you doing? Uh, no, <laughs> no, sorry, sorry, not doing that, not doing that at all. Um, anything? Look, I'm the dumb one, right? <laughs> I'm the one who uh, plays nothing but like popcorn video games. So I'm assuming that you all have played everything that I have played or have at least heard about it enough that you know about it, right? Like I can't imagine Carrie playing too many fighting games, but uh, I am you not know good about at them. them. 
I do uh, know. Look, look, neither them. am I. Neither am I. But yeah. uh, I, 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 I don't know. I find them. I find them entertaining. I'm, I am very much a fighting game cheerleader in that I, uh, I do not. I, I am terrible at fighting games, but I love them. I love all of them. So, not all of them. A lot of them. Um, but yeah, I don't know what else I could uh, convince you all to play that you haven't played. Hmm. I'm not going to go with my obvious choice because if you guys were going to play Golden Sun, you would. Have I have played now. Golden Sun. Yeah, I don't think Micah has. Um, no, because and I can't. I can't now because um, we we used to sing a song, son, son, Mister Golden Sun, please shine <laughs> down on me. And now that's all I think about whenever you say Golden Sun. Like all I right. think of that song that we <laughs> sing to him. So. No, can't do it. Um, I don't know. I I think as far as like a short, interesting experience, um, Brad, you might enjoy Hypnospace Outlaw. You guys might both enjoy Hypnospace Outlaw because um, I feel like both of you would appreciate a trip back to the internet of the mid-1990s, <laughs> and that is what Hypnospace Outlaw is. Very cool. I'll have to check it out. I I I heard the smallest bit about Hypnospace Outlaw, but not enough to um, not enough to. It's an interesting little point and click experience. I don't know that like I wouldn't call it a point and click adventure, but like it's a game that requires some brain power to get through. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, All right. Leonardo says, "What is the last song you listened to?" Um, check my Spotify. <laughs> Fists of Fury by Kamasi Washington. He's a he's a jazz musician. Uh, mine's also a jazz song uh, by the Eight Bit Big Band. Uh, their salsa rendition of the Super Mario Brothers theme. Oh, cute! I like Eight Bit Big Band. Um, mine is Atomic Karate from TWRP or Twerp. Um, <laughs> love those space Canadians. <laughs> Finally, from Steve, if you could pitch an original game idea to a AAA developer, what would you propose? Uh, use other games or genres to describe your vision. Um, it's, I mean, it's going to sound like I'm stealing his, but um, a science fiction open world, like GTA style open world game. Um, and when I say science fiction, I don't mean like cyberpunk science fiction. I mean like like hyper not not like gritty future mm-hmm. but like like polished future with a with a seedy underbelly you know what i mean like you know like the like the upside down of coruscant you know what i mean mm-hmm. like like um it would be it would be like polished and everything looks perfect but like that's a false facade and you would and it would be set up like like grand theft auto like with that type of freedom where I can, you know, do whatever I want and have like powers. I guess it would be kind of like, I guess it would be kind of like saints row, but with a, with a nice, like polished future and, you know, with some money behind it, not like, you know, saints row, saints <laughs> row four or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. 
Give me Golden Sun. (laughs) 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 Yeah, look, I mean, I don't know as far as an original game idea. Golden Sun sequel. Give me a sequel to Golden Sun. Um, No, I would I would like it if a game other than like Assassin's Creed did sort of a deep dive into these sort of different eras of world history. um, I would I would love some interesting like Skyrim style, I guess, open world RPG based on like ancient Greek or Egyptian mythology that would be cool i've always been a big fan of that subject matter but um yeah that's that's all i got i would love a science fiction game um in in like the mass effect style of science fiction i i hesitate to say like a mass effect spinoff version of this but a science fiction game in that style um but to the caliber of like an adventuring like an uncharted game of sorts, okay. basically, like an adventuring game with like puzzle solving and uh, really fun combat. Uh, may- maybe make the combat a little bit more complex than Uncharted um, in terms of like being able to like upgrade weapons and things of that nature. Um, I think that would be pretty cool. Uh, and the adventuring genre is not really one that you see a whole lot of sci-fi stuff in, or at least not any good games that are sci-fi themed in that genre. So I think that they have something that they could do something there. Um, we thought we were going to get it with uh, whatever thirteen thirteen was supposed to be, but did not end up happening for, mm. for reasons. So very yeah. good. Great questions. Thank you all very much for your uh, post office submissions this week. Uh, don't forget you too can submit questions to the Dense Pixels post office by simply joining the Discord at densepixels.com slash fans. Join today. Uh, like Carrie mentioned, we're going to be doing some uh, Discord live stuff uh, for some of the E3 things. Um, so we will uh, we will hook up with you around that and more info as it comes. That will also be posted in the announcements section on the Discord page, I would assume. Uh, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening to us, if you're watching us and you haven't hit the subscribe button, what are you doing? Go to YouTube.com slash DensePixels. Hit subscribe. And then make sure you also follow us on Twitch. Uh, Carrie Suppets Carrie. Terrence is Apparition410. And I am DensePixels Brad. Again, I do plan on streaming some Griftlands uh, at some point this week. So if you were intrigued uh, by my talking about it, then definitely keep an eye open for that. And I will try to cross-post it onto the YouTube channel. I haven't streamed in a minute, but I've been... um, Mostly I came to the the realization that the the typing of the dead overdrive is a game that you can play on steam <laughs> and that's a game i think i'd be very good at because i can type more than 100 words a minute like on a regular basis that's my usual speed i type very quickly so i, I like i want to know if i would just like tear ass you can survive, survive the zombie apocalypse by blasting out <laughs> yeah <laughs> <keep people> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, uh, like I said, keep your eyes and ears open for E3 content. I'm sure next week's episode will be jam-packed with all sorts of E3 hot takes and things of that nature. Uh, But until then, thank you very much for watching and listening. We'll see you all the next time. Thanks. See ya.